Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back to the podcast, my girls on top. So this week, we're going to follow up from what we were talking about last week, which is the concept of high self-esteem, but low self-worth. So I encourage you to go back and take a listen to that because I dismantled what that actually means and why so many of us fall victim to it and how it manifests in our dating life, like really what it looks like. Because it's one of those phrases that you're like, yeah, okay, uh-huh, but how... Wait, what? It's like you think you understand it, but you kind of need to break it down and sit with it for a little bit. So I, I really think you should go back and, and give that a listen because in this episode, we're going to talk about what to do about that. But, you know, I'll give you the TLDR. So the TLDR, high self-worth, low self-esteem, is when we know that we are a bad bitch. We know. We are looking very clearly at our positive qualities. We're not, you know, I hate humility. I think humility is for losers. Work hard, be humble. I mean, work hard, but like be proud of yourself. Women are constantly told like, Shh, no, don't, oh my God, it's just an accident that I look this way even though I spent two hours getting ready. And oh yeah, I got the promotion, but like uh, everyone else in the office works so hard. Hell no, girl, you stand up and you pat yourself on the back. And if you won't, I will, DM me. I'll be like, look at this bad bitch, look at her go. Anyway, it's when we can look at ourselves and say, I am X, Y, Z, I am, um, I am great. And I've, I'm not accidentally great. Like I work hard to be this kind of diverse, cool person, but the outcomes I have in dating don't like, they don't speak to this. Like I don't get what I deserve. Basically I'm a bad bitch and I am, I'm just getting bad or I'm getting bitch. Like I'm not getting the return on investment that I was basically told I would get if I became successful and smart and hot and loving and empathetic. It's kind of not working out that way. Why? Well, last week we heard from a shalligator named Valentina and we basically talked about how she was dialing down her worth to try to hold on to people. And so this week we're gonna talk to another shalligator who's going through something similar. And like I said, I'm gonna tell you what we can do, concrete, real world, start today tips to ensure that this doesn't keep happening. Because when it does, we are imbued with the sense of rage and bitterness that we can't shake. Because you know what it is? It's shame. It's shame. And we used the example last week of a Gucci bag versus a garage sale. You go into Gucci, you try to negotiate, they politely escort you out. You go to a garage sale, where people need money or they need to get rid of something. And so they devalue their stuff and they sell it for a dollar, $4. Just please take it, just take it. You know what, go, I don't even care. We can become our own emotional garage sale if we're not careful. But before we dive in, just a quick reminder that if you wanna to talk to me one-on-one, -on -one, head to my website, shallonlester.com and click submit a question, I answer them all. Or if you want a custom video from me, head to cameo.com. Or if you live outside the US, you can get a custom video through memo, M-E-M-M-O dot me. It's a great way to chit chat or a pep talk for a friend or for yourself, birthday, any little thing like that. And you guys know if you're following me on Instagram, which you should be, shallonxo, we just, completed a fantastic little fan trip with Trova Trip to the Dominican. It was so amazing meeting all of you guys. Oh my God, 
it was just, it was such an incredible trip. You guys can see the recap. I did a whole bunch of highlights and stuff like that. Definitely check it out. And I bring it up because we're doing another. We're going to Costa Rica at the end of May. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be doing yoga and hiking. I mean, not like too much, you know, I'm, I'm an indoor cat, but <laughs> snorkeling and photo shoots. It's, it's just such a fantastic way to connect. All the girls who come on these trips come solo and everybody makes such good friends. We all become friends. It's just such a wonderful, epic bonding moment and I'm excited to put more trips on the calendar this year. Hopefully we're gonna we're investigating Europe in the fall. Well, I don't know, you know this COVID fuck shit, but anyway, I digress, my little ones. Let's get in to the questions here. Okay, so this question is from Steph. And I'm reading this because it's another sign that pointed me to feeling like I needed to talk about this concept of high self-esteem, low self-worth. Because I said in the previous episode, I had a friend tell me that. And I, I just didn't, I knew it was true, but I didn't know why. Like I kind of didn't know what it meant. And I feel like I've been getting so many questions from you guys. And that truly is what I've said back to you. And I'm like, okay, now it's sort of shaping up. I can, I can see how this manifests in our life. So this is what Steph said. She said, I just got dumped after finally liking someone again after one date. I feel pathetic and I just can't shake this depression. I'm a high achiever in every other area. I'm a teacher, I'm a friend. I have wonderful hobbies, I work out. I'm told I'm pretty and that I'm smart and that I'm kind. So why do I keep getting humiliated by men? Why are my instincts here so wrong when they're right everywhere else? I'm just losing the will to keep trying and I'm making myself sick with self-hate. How do you keep going? after this kind of humiliation. Okay. Mm. Again, all of your questions to me, it's like I feel like a version of myself is writing them. I just, I feel you guys so much on this stuff. It just, oh, and I feel lucky that I get to connect with you on this level and talk about it because so much of this is what we're all going through. Like none of what she is feeling is foreign to us. We've all been there. This, this existential fatigue of, I don't know that I can keep doing this. I am exhausted by this endless festival of bullshit that is dating. You know where that comes from? High self-esteem, but low self-worth. How long would Gucci last if you could walk into that store and walk out with a purse for $20? They'd be shuttered in a week. They would be exhausted. They would feel defeated. They would feel ashamed because they know they're not pricing that merchandise appropriately. They know that that's not what it's worth. They know they're devaluing the brand by giving it up so easily, right? You don't have that situation at garage sales. Like, oh my God, great, take it, whatever. Because you've already priced it so low. You've already devalued it to the point that there's really nowhere else to go but up. It's, you're at the floor. It's already so low. We are our own emotional garage sale in these moments. So this is what I told Steph. The reason you feel humiliated is because you're dialing down your standards to keep dudes around. Right? She's got a valuable thing herself and she's choosing to put it on some sort of clearance rack. And then she's resentful that someone doesn't see its value. Well, you didn't make them. You tell them, oh, it's okay. I'm not that valuable. Just please, please, like, please buy it. Please buy me, please. 
In dating, we do this by giving in, by giving too much, by being a doormat, by ignoring red flags. But in her specific case, what I think she's doing is she's devaluing herself by going all in too fast. What stood out to me is she said she finally likes someone after one date. Honey, one date is a peek under the hood. It's nothing, nothing. Everyone can present a good front for three hours. What is the example I'm going to? Hitler, yes, of course, Hitler. Hitler was a delight at parties. He had a reputation for being very charming. He was a fucking monster, but it just goes to show anyone can turn on the charm to get what they want. And like we talked about last episode, I don't know that guys really are turning on the charm that much because we were talking to a girl, Valentina, and she was saying that any value that these guys have, it's because of the effort I'm putting in. Basically, they're this blank slate and I'm projecting my fantasies on them. And then they disappoint me. So it's like these guys don't have a ton of value on their own. It's we need them. They're an emotional getaway car. When you're running out of the bank, you just robbed it. Do you care what the car looks like that's speeding you away from the cops? Nope. You're like, oh, it's a Ford. I was kind of hoping a Hyundai. No, you don't care. You just got to get the hell out of there. And we do this by going all in. So one date isn't enough time to really like someone because you don't know them. You can absolutely curate who you are, weed out the bad, play up the good, be whoever the person across from you wants you to be. So basically Steph wasn't falling for who this person actually was. And we've all done this. I do it currently. You're falling for the curated presentation, like the timeshare pitch, right? The movie poster version, the fantasy. And fantasies really are hard to get over because they're ever shape-shifting to meet our needs and they're always perfect. They're always perfect. We fantasize about a guy or we fantasize that he's like hairy in the wrong places and steps on our hair and bed. No, it's perfect. But we have to realize this is what's going on. The question is why? Why are we doing this? Why is Steph going all in so fast And then wondering why she's exhausted by this. Well, of course, from my point of view, she's devaluing herself in order to be liked more. And then when someone rejects her, she's incensed. I'm going to switch this to my own self now because I do this constantly. I do this constantly. I actually just reposted something on my Instagram a little while ago. There was something like, there's no pain worse than rejection from someone you lowered your standards to have. There is no pain worse than the rejection, than getting rejected by someone you lowered yourself to keep around. Have you ever had that happen? We've done videos before about when the ugly guy negs you. The Ed Sheerans, the Post Malones, the guy who when you were at a low point, you were like, "Uh, okay, yeah, I mean, okay, Gordon. Because we thought, hey, you know what? I need an ego boost. I need an emotional getaway car. Get me the fuck out of here. And this guy who's beneath me, he's probably going to worship me, isn't he? And then they don't. It's something we call kill the cheerleader syndrome. It's this little phrase I've coined where ugly guys grow up and they get a little bit of power and they can't not reject the hot girl. It's revenge for high school when nobody wanted them. And so this is how they even the score. Like It's like this tick. They can't not do it, even though they would be happier if they just held on to the hot girl. I mean, look at Lala Kent and her 
triangle-shaped ex-husband who was cheating on her, on her. She's a bit of a dummy and I, whatever, but she is a smoke and he is triangle-shaped with no chin or jawline. And he cheated on her because it's like, well, shit, if I can get a nine, I bet I could get a 10. I bet I could get even higher than that. Fuck. I digress. So downplaying ourselves or being too polite or amenable or ignoring those red flags because we think, okay, well, this will make them like me more. Ta-da. It does not. It does not. It does the opposite. And then they reject us and we're livid. I mean, we are livid and it's not our heart that's broken. It's our ego. And no wonder we feel so exhausted. What's more exhausting than pretending you don't need something you need? Do you ever feel good when you're like, oh, I just really, I would love a good healthy salad, but uh, there's no place to eat. I'm just going to hit the drive-thru at McDonald's. You don't feel good because it's not what you want. When we try to tell ourselves that we don't need what we need and we don't want what we want, we're in the state of cognitive dissonance and something's got to give. And it's like our will, you know, we're just like, I just want to curl up into a ball. No shit, girl. Of course you do, because you don't want to keep feeling this way, but you're not being honest with yourself. So here's the remedy. You take a step back. Focus on all the other areas of your love life. Come up with some boundaries, things you will and will not accept. Cornerstone behaviors for yourself, like not staying out past 10, because no matter what, you run in the morning at 7 a.m., so sorry, dude, we're actually not taking shots. And therefore, you're going to create boundaries for the people you date. Because when you live a life full of boundaries, and I don't mean, I, boundaries get a bad rap. It's like, oh, she's got so many boundaries. She just can't do this, can't do that. No, no. It's like saying someone has too many doors in their house. Like, well, no, it's not a door to a brick wall. It's a door to a room. And that room should have some division. Like you should be able to shut the door and have some privacy in there. So it's not that I have too many doors. You might think I have too many rooms, but I definitely don't have too many doors. The people who hate your boundaries, are the ones who benefited, say it with me, from you having none at all. Exactly. And when you live a life of cornerstone behaviors and beliefs, when you live a life of healthy rigidity, of principles and integrity and goal setting, then some dipshit comes into your life and you're like, hmm, no, this feels foreign to me. I don't like that this dude is asking me to take shots at 10 at night. I. I, it's a Tuesday. I don't need to be doing that. And I have reasons why I don't need to be doing it. And I am used to not doing that. So now I'm going to look at him and not be like, oh my God, he just likes me so much. That's getaway car mentality. That's garage sale mentality. The Gucci mentality is, why is he wanting me to do this? Why is he pressuring me into doing this? Because he's just trying to get laid and he thinks if he can get me a little drunk, that's going to be easy or because he doesn't have a job, so fuck it. If he gets wasted, who cares? Or because he's got four DUIs and he's not gonna drive home anyway and I might have to drive him home. Whatever the something is under there, it actually probably isn't a good thing. When people don't respect our boundaries, it's not for anything, any good reason. It's always something bad. When people shame us for having our standards, again, they benefited from us not having any. Last episode, I told you about the guy who cooked me dry rice and chicken wings for our date and ate with his hands and then told me I was a brat and a bitch for saying, I'm sorry, that didn't meet my standard. Well, yeah, he's going to shame me for it and gaslight me and tell me I'm the problem because he is either unwilling or unable to do any better. That was him impressing me. That was the gourmet meal. That was 
you know, oh, come hang out in my grubby ass room. No, no, no. Just because you can't afford this Gucci bag doesn't mean it's priced too high. It means you're poor. That's what they tell you at Gucci if you go in there and try to negotiate. They said, this is not the store for you. No, no, you got to go right now. I'm so sorry. They're not working with you. They're not telling you, you know what? You might be right. Oh, gosh. They're like, get the fuck out. And why aren't we doing the same thing in our life? fatigue that we feel with dating, that comes from betraying ourselves. I mean, yes, when we get our heart broken, it's, I mean, it's awful, you know? I feel like it's my default setting, like I'm constantly in a state of heartbreak. But when I think back to my most recent, like my most recent awful heartbreak, it was the summer. I, oh my God, you guys, I don't think it was a coincidence that I stopped doing the podcast after this because I was just wrecked as a person. Like he wrecked me. But as I say this, I realize, no, Shallon, you wrecked yourself. You wrecked yourself. You let it go too fast. You did too much. You went to see him. You didn't really concern yourself at the time. Well, does he have tickets to come out to see me? You were making it a little too easy. And you know what I was doing every step of the way? I was betraying myself. I was looking at my high self-esteem. Well, he likes me because I'm X, Y, and Z, and I'm a bad bitch, blah, blah, blah. And he did. But I was valuing myself low. I was putting that Gucci bag on sale. And so when it bottomed out, because he didn't want to come see me, oh, I don't know, I'm busy. I'm like, okay, well, I went out there and saw you. So wait a minute. I knew, I knew when I was the one to book that ticket first, I knew. I knew, I was like, you just put that Gucci bag on sale. Not a massive sale, but you knocked 10% off. And they don't do that there. It's going to come back to bite you, girl. No, it won't. No, he's going to come out to see me. It's going to be fine. And then when it wasn't, I could not get over it. Yeah, my heart was broken. I loved him. We loved each other. And I missed him. Like, I truly missed him. But there was also that ego component where I'm like, I devalued myself. I lowered my worth to keep this person around. I know better than that. I know better than that. Why did I do this? Why? So I leaned in and I looked. Why did I do that? He represented something that I was not getting in Montana. He represented, I'm not just represented, he was extremely intelligent, borderline genius level. He was diverse and well-rounded. He would, he would challenge me to be my best self. I don't meet any guys in Bozeman who do that. They might challenge me to like chug a white claw, but no. We don't have a book club together. We're not talking stoic philosophy. They're not making sure I'm up in the morning going to work out. No, no. They weren't making me my better self. And he was. And I realized I need to give that to myself. I don't need him to be my external life coach. I need to do that for myself. Because I was going to imprint on him like a hurt locker, like like the biggest one I've had in five years. It was going to be bad. And it still is bad. I miss him every day. And I'm never going to be like, yay, I'm so glad that ended. I just can't see that. I can't see a time in my life where I will think that. Even though 
I can look back at every other broken heart and think, okay, there was a reason that happened. I didn't know it at the time, but I know it now. I'm just not there yet, like if I'm being honest. And But I'm faithful that I will be. And in the meantime, I'm looking at it through the lens of what, what did that person need to show me about myself? He wasn't a destination, he was a map. Where am I supposed to go, okay? And if we can do that with these dudes that we date, why did Steph latch on to this guy after one date? What was he presenting? What was he offering her? What was the promise there? And how can we give that promise to ourselves? When we can do that, when we can set those boundaries, diversify ourselves. Now, when I date after dating my ex this summer, I don't date dummies. I don't date guys who work outside. I know that sounds like bratty, but I am a brat. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to date a guy who lays tar for a living. That's not who I am. That's not, no, sorry. I'm not, dating is not a democracy. It's not about equality. I can date whoever the fuck I want to. And because now I have this standard, I can weed people out. I'm not sitting there on a date with a tar person and be like, oh, so then the steamroller goes over it. Oh, okay. I don't even go out in the first place. We're not going to have a lot in common. That's okay. There's someone who's going to be great for him. It isn't me though. But because I'm not doing that, I don't exhaust myself sitting on this date, drinking this dumb cocktail I don't even want, knowing this is going nowhere, knowing they don't give a fuck about me. They're never going to understand me and getting bitter and tired and feeling just worn out. I don't do that anymore. And... Maybe that's why he and I had to break up. Although I really wish I could have just gotten that lesson without the heartache. But this is sometimes the way the cookie crumbles. So when we feel this exhaustion with dating, it's because we have devalued ourselves. It's because we have the high self-esteem. We know what we bring to the table, but we're not charging enough. We're giving it away. We're putting it on the clearance rack. So we got to pull back and we got to reprice everything, don't we? We have to make a list of deal breakers. Have you ever done that? Not a list of what you want in a guy, because that's that's fun. That's fun. Woo, I wanted to be tall. We all want the same goddamn things in somebody. Kind, gets along with his parents, ambitious, right? We all want the same fucking things. We're all making the same stupid composite sketch. Are we making our deal breakers in addition to that? Or are we just hoping that when this person comes into our lives, everything's going to work out? Let me tell you something. My ex, he was all the boxes. He checked everything. He was, I could not have 3D printed a more perfect person. And he's gone, baby, gone. Do you know why? Because I didn't have enough boundaries. I didn't. It's disgusting to say it. it. Like it makes my stomach hurt and it brings tears to my eyes. And it's hard for me to get over because I thought maybe that was the love of my life and I bungled it and I fucked it because I didn't have my self-esteem where it needed to be. Maybe not, you know, I mean, I don't know, but it's hard to process, but I'm trying to lean in and learn from it. And that's what I want you guys to do. When you feel tired, pull back and make a new boundary, any boundary. It doesn't have to be for dating. Make it for yourself. I drink my kombucha every single morning. I make my bed. I call my grandmother every Friday. I do my homework the second I get home from class. Because again, when you live a life of discipline, you live it 360. It's natural to do it 
in your personal life. So when Steph says in this, how is my instinct so good in every category and so wrong here? It's not instinct, it's standards. It's standards. Your instincts are right, your standards aren't. Because one begats the other. When you have standards, you don't even need instinct. It's, a, it's an easy categorization system. No, I get up at seven, therefore I don't do shots. No, I don't fuck on the first date, so we're actually not going back to your house to watch a movie. No, you don't even need to rely on instinct. You rely on the framework of behavior you have already in place across all fields of your life. And they really don't have to be huge. I mean, they don't, you know, we think of boundaries. I mean, I have all these boundaries. They're going to be like unfun and dour and just so rigid. No, girl, no. It gives you something to move inside of. Like, yeah, let's go out. Oh my God, let's take shots, but let's take them at seven, not at 10 because I'm going home. Okay, so now I know when I can have fun, I can truly indulge and enjoy because I have a framework that I'm operating within. You guys know that I stopped drinking recently, but I drank on my birthday um, in like late January and I plan to. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get loose. I'm gonna get a cold cup of 1942. I might do some mushrooms. I'm gonna have a good old time and I'm gonna cancel everything the day after and I'm gonna count it as a dead day and I'm not gonna stress about it because I know this is an outlier and I know that I'm gonna go immediately back to the framework I have in place where I don't drink, where I don't <laughs> stay out and I don't, you know, I don't do mushrooms that often. They're fun, they're chill, I just microdose, it's no big deal. It's controlled food poisoning, which is so weird when you think about it like that. But because I had that framework, I was able to really enjoy it. But when I think back to how I was behaving over the summer, when I met my ex, actually, when I was, I was at a low point, I didn't realize it, but I was. I was kind of out of control partying. Now, nothing bad happened. You know, I wasn't drinking and driving. I wasn't doing anything. But I, for myself, was not where I wanted to be. When my friend's like, oh my God, let's go to the pool. I would snap that laptop shut. Fuck work. Yeah, let's do it. I didn't have any boundaries. I didn't have any standards. My friends did. Oh no, I can't have my kids today. Oh, I'm at work till five. Not Shallon. No. She has to be fun, Bobby. No one's gonna like her if she can't just blow off work for a week and go hang out and go do this. Like, and it didn't work out well. And that segued, I met my ex, and of course I was still operating like that. Oh, you want me to come visit? Of course I will, yeah. Didn't bother to ask, well, when are you coming to see me? Like, let's both book our flights, and then like, let's do this. Mm-mm, nope, I was used to giving it up. I was used to having no boundaries. I was used to doing what I needed to do in order to be fun, quotes, and liked, quotes. But none of that adds up to a hill of beans if you don't like yourself, and I didn't. And I had to learn the hardest of hard ways when he left. That's how I had to learn that lesson. Not the easy way. Not just looking around and saying, this really isn't me. And I don't actually like this. I don't want to go drink today. I, don't, I, I need to do my work. Yeah, the pool's nice, but I would feel better if I just got some of this stuff done. I didn't do that. And so God was like, okay, let's have you learn this real big. And after that, I got COVID and got super sick. My body was worn down. My heart was worn down. I was running myself into the ground. <laughs> learn from my mistakes, please, you guys. But take a step back. If ever you feel exhausted or out of control, the answer is always take a step back and tell your friends, hey, I just feel kind of weirdly. I just, I need to go into my like own little cave, my little like sad raccoon cave 
and just reevaluate what's going on in my life. I need to make a new boundary for myself. I've told you guys before when I said, I was like, hey guys, you know, I'm not going to drink anymore. I thought everyone's going to be like, oh, lame Shallon. Do you know how many of my friends are like, oh, that sounds so nice. I really want to cut back too. I've never met someone who's like, really? I actually want to start drinking more. Never. Everyone wants to have more boundaries in their life because they want to feel proud of themselves because we all do have that high self-esteem, but we all also chronically have low self-worth. This is like a pandemic amongst women. And the answer is boundaries. It's discipline and it's self-accountability. And again, these don't have to mean you go to CrossFit seven days a week. It can mean I make my bed every day. My bedtime is 11.15, no matter what. Try it. Try to raise that self-worth bar. I've done it. I now have crafted a life of discipline. And like I said, I don't suffer fools. I'll get out and walk out on a date. I'll shoot a guy straight and he's like, don't you want to hang out again? And not be like, well, I don't know. I'm just busy. Like, no, this didn't mean my standard. Bye. You're not, you're, of course you're not used to hearing that. Of course that's an incendiary thing for a woman to say to a man because it's an incendiary concept for women to have. No, you don't meet my standard. Bye. We're not taught that. We're taught to be liked and loved and to live and laugh and love and to be polite and be quiet and be small and work hard and be humble. And where is that getting any of us? This chronic emotional anemia, this endless crushing shame, because we know what we can be, but we're not requiring it of ourselves. And then we get incensed when other people don't treat us that way either. How dare you treat me exactly the way I treat myself? How dare you? You're supposed to treat me better. You're supposed to treat me like a princess. I don't treat myself like a princess. I treat myself like a fucking garbage person. But you're supposed to because I need you to save me from me. I need you to prove to me what my worth is. How exactly is that someone else's job? It isn't. Maybe it should be. Maybe it should be. But it's not. And if you wait around for it, it's going to be a long, miserable wait. And even if you do find it, then you know what happens? You owe your entire life to that person. They're all you got. You glom onto them like a drowning man which is what I did to my ex. Oh my God, he sees me. He's holding me to a higher standard. I'm not holding myself to it. Of course he got tired of that. That's a pretty big burden. It's unsexy and it's boring. You know what it is? It's a parent-child dynamic. Ooh, <laughs> nice, sexy, so sexy. When you call him daddy, that's really not what they have in mind. So pull back make some boundaries, and take that Gucci bag off the sale rack. That's not what we do here, Massimo. No. We're going to be back next week. If you guys are liking this podcast, rates and reviews matter a ton in terms of podcast visibility. So a five-star rating and a lovely little review goes such a long way to help get the word out about Girl on Top. And we're going to be back next week tackling some more topics straight from me to you. Love you, alligators. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage.